Hello and welcome to the Bees Knees Podcast. We're your hosts, Ben and Brittany. If you haven't already, please download this episode. And make sure to check out the link in the description where you can find links to our socials and Discord. Happy listening. So, do you know what today is? Well, what this episode is? I'm talking to you. I yes. know you're talking to me, and I know what it is, but I forget what number. It's number 100. Triple digits. This is our 100th episode. Wow. And like, when we're doing these episodes, it it's an afterthought numbering them and like keeping track of what number they are. Yeah. But like five minutes ago, I was like, holy shit, we're at episode 100. We did this 100 times. That's crazy. Probably like 104, because I think there was some we had to redo or fix and stuff but like a hundred times it's crazy (laughs) well a hundred published at least exactly and i'm pretty happy with ourselves we we started out not really knowing how to talk to each other on this and now i think we're pretty dang good at talking to each other yeah we're a lot more comfortable i think Except when I spring questions and stuff, and you're just like, <laughs> I was just like, shock. <laughs> How do I respond? My brain's too slow. Yeah. So for our hundredth episode, like it's a doozy because we're gonna be talking about anniversary stuff. We're gonna be talking about Thor: Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a good week for us. It was a good, specifically weekend for us. Um, now. I'm going to kind of cut ahead into our weekend talk, which we're going to talk about later. Um, we did both go to Ikea this weekend. Mm-hmm. And it was For your... For the first time. It was your first time. I think it was my first time. Pretty positive. It was my first time in an Ikea. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were walking through, going through all the display houses and like all the little rooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like getting ideas, inspo, you know. I love it. It's like a walk through Pinterest. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And like I I was very one track mind. I'm like, I want to look for desks. Okay, now I want to look for lights. And you're just like, look at all the things. I was like, look at this fake plant. It looks pretty real. All of the, oh my God, there was so many fake plants. But then we were wrapping up our Ikea trip and you were just like, what's that? That smells good. I was like. Yeah. And you're like, do they have a restaurant here? No, I was like, do they cook food in here? And I was just like, yes, absolutely they do. I didn't realize it was going to be like Costco. And I was just like, are are you unaware? Yes. And I, I felt betrayed and aghast. I felt betrayed. Because apparently this was common knowledge and you've allowed me to live my life this way without informing me that Ikea has food in it. There was not one ounce of me in my being, my soul, my spirit, my mind that thought you were unaware of the $1 hot dogs and Swedish meatballs that ikea provides okay the meatball thing was the thing that was just like oh my gosh what i love meatballs why did nobody tell me this no one needs to tell you you just know the hot dog thing i thought was just like an exclusive costco experience the meatball thing was 
unreal. And the the worst part is like you could smell them like prepping. But we were there so early that we didn't get to eat the meatballs. I love meatballs. So you are going on here saying that you feel so betrayed because I didn't know and I lacked this knowledge. But how do you think I feel? You know I love meatballs. All right. And you knew that they had meatballs. And you took me at 10 in the morning. So I want, I wanted to <laughs> verify that it was just a thing people knew. So I texted a couple people. Okay. And I was just like, hey, when I say Ikea, apart from cheap college kid furniture, what do you think? I texted three people. I don't believe you. You don't know that many people. <laughs> <laughs> These are not people who I talk to on a regular basis. Like one person I haven't talked to for probably six years. So imagine getting that out of the blue. (laughs) All three times. Do you know what I got back? Swedish motherfucking meatballs. (laughs) It's just a thing you know. We like talking about movies and TV or TV and movies because we're the bee's knees. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you've mentioned that this is our 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Last week, we failed to mention that it was the <laughs> 10th anniversary of our marriage. Yes. And it was the third anniversary of, of the, the podcast. podcast, which is just insane. How is this podcast three years old? I know. I, I mean... I know. <laughs> and then just like to add to that, again, we've been married 10 years and the meatball thing is just coming up now. <laughs> like, that's crazy. You just know. <laughs> um, But yeah, so 100th episode this week. What day was it? It was Thursday that it was our third podcast anniversary. <laughs> and we went out to celebrate. We went out for dinner on Thursday, but the main thing was our events started on Friday. Mm. I went and I got my full license. Ooh, something to drive. The young age of twenty nine. <laughs> I feel very accomplished. Hey, there are some people who go even longer. It's true. They just happen to live in the city and don't rely on like, you know, their own car. Yeah. But there are some people who wait longer. <laughs> And then after that, we kind of just went on an adventure. We went on so many adventures. We went up to the Bruce Peninsula. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what that is, Google it. It's gorgeous. Um, we went hiking for so long. Like two and a half hours. And it was it was a little bit discouraging when we were walking around wearing our fancy boots and like I equate them to skate shoes, but they are, I guess yours were technically running shoes. I, yeah, like sneakers. But seeing all these other people wearing like hiking appropriate shoes. Okay, I disagree. There were a majority of people with all kinds of different footwear on and different gear. I wouldn't say our footwear was the thing that we were lacking in. Because I saw someone wearing flip-flops. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. Okay, the trail we walked was so heavily obscured by rocks and roots 
and like there were bits we had to climb. It yeah, was, it was like it was an adventure. Yeah, <laughs> doing that in flip flops. I can't imagine, and especially oh. like because you go up to a like a cliff edge, right? Yeah, like and, easily a thousand feet up. Yeah, and I just. I don't know if it's just me because I'm super cautious and like afraid of these things. And I went near the edge, but I just think like if I was in flip flops to me in my mind, I've just warped that into like I am writing my own death yeah, wearing flip flops. Flip flops more like trip flops. Yeah. Trip flops, slip flops. Like they write themselves. <laughs> exactly. <people. laughs> you were just asking to fall off the edge. <laughs> Don't wear flip-flops on this hike. Um, the thing we were lacking in the most, we didn't bring water. <laughs> we didn't bring nourishment. I remember one time you were like, where is... We We forgot the trail mix. We're on a trail. <laughs> this is exactly what God intended trail mix for. <laughs> and we failed. Like, to be fair... We knew we were going there. Mm-hmm. We, we just were like, let's just go and see what happens. I'm not going to lie. I was halfway through that sentence. I was like, to be fair, we knew we were going. There's no to be fair. We're just we're going idiots. for God. <laughs> In my head, that was like, we didn't know we were going for the hike, but we we totally knew we were going for so the hike. I think it's that we are so inexperienced with hiking like two and a half hours for people that hike all the time that's nothing absolutely for us like we like to go for walks around town and like i could go for a two and a half hour walk yeah and i think i think that that's what our failing was is like differentiate like differentiating the difference between walk and hike Mm. because we go for walks all the time and we're like yeah that's easy and we go for those walks in our flip-flops yeah and so we're like we've got closed toed shoes on this will be a breeze and it was so much fun i did get blisters that's fine (laughs) i got blisters on me toesies and i i would do that hike again in the same footwear the only thing is that i would have a backpack and i would have snacks and i would have water can you imagine sitting up on that cliff and we're gonna put i think you already posted a picture I, I posted it on my personal on our personal Instagrams. Not we'll the, post more not pictures. Podcast um, but can you imagine just like having a little picnic? Up yeah, on up the on the cliff. Side? It would be so cool. I'd love that. Little sandwiches. <laughs> little Sammies. That'd be great. But uh, after we were done on the cliff trail, mm-hmm. we took the long ass drive to Toronto because mm-hmm. we were like, let's we're gonna go out. I had planned a fantastic date night for us Saturday night. Yeah. I had gotten us tickets to the traveling Cirque du Soleil. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were both incredibly excited for it. It's something that I've always wanted to see, but then never had the opportunity to actually go see it. And sadly, still have never had the opportunity. (laughs) Because Saturday morning after we, we got to the hotel, um... We woke up. You were getting ready for the day. We were going to go downtown, have a cafe. I was like, I'll get all our tickets prepared. And I looked at it, and all I could say was, Brittany, I fucked up. 
Yeah, and, and I was just like, I don't understand. And I'm sure that's not what you want to hear, like, first thing in the morning on an anniversary vacation. It's just like, what what's happening? I had booked Cirque du Soleil tickets for the previous week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not your finest moment. No, so I spent... I spent a good amount of money on those tickets, and we didn't get to go because it was the week before. But luckily, we salvaged the Saturday night date night mm-hmm. because there there is a new Broadway musical called Aunt Juliet mm-hmm. that had a couple seats left in the entire Princess of Wales theater. Yeah. So long as you didn't care about where you sat. Because I got probably the last two tickets of the theater. And they were like in like the last three rows of the highest balcony. Yeah. And like they were, I think it was like 40 bucks a ticket. Mm -hmm. And it it was a good time. It was. I enjoyed the show. And I didn't mind the placement of the seating. Like, yeah, sure, you couldn't really see their faces but you didn't really need to yeah i feel like theater is it's definitely more just like the the whole picture rather than like the fine details well and it's different than like a play because if you go and you see a play and it's all just their the dialogue and like their expression then it you kind of want to get closer seats but because this is a musical you have song and dance yeah so you you don't need because the the actions are already so grandiose that you don't need to have their facial expressions and it's not like you couldn't see their faces yeah i uh i liked it because like we were saying like there's the songs and music to get or then the dance because we were so high up we could see the entire stage like Mm -hmm. completely yeah and I feel like that gave us a, an excellent angle at seeing all of the dancey, dancey dance. There was a person in front of me who blocked my view hmm. a little. So I was kind of head bobbing a bit, <laughs> like going from side to side, depending I on the I thought you were just dancing were. with the music. No, I was just trying to follow along. There's this bald head in front of me blocking <laughs> the view. <laughs> No, but I I had a really great time watching the play because it was, I mean, it was Romeo and Juliet. Had she been more, you know, like rational? Yeah. And not just like killed herself at the end? Yeah. But the whole thing was just set to 90s pop music. Mm-hmm. And like... There was a couple 2000s yeah. songs in there, uh, but mostly Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys, Britney, Britney Spears. Spears. Um, there was an NSYNC song. Yeah. Now, it was a little bit bittersweet because I I can't think of a specific musical. But there have been musicals in the past where it's like, yeah, let's pull music from like 20, 30 years ago. And we'll kind of like turn it and make a story out of it. Yeah. And it makes me feel old that... The music from 20 to 30 years ago is music I grew up with. Yeah. And it's like, let's pull all these oldies to make a play with. I'm just like, I'm old. 
I like it. Because <laughs> the, the hardest part is just like not being able to sing and dance with it. It's like as much as I want to, I respect the fact that these people in the theater didn't pay all this money to come and hear me, their like theater neighbor singing. They came to listen to these Broadway level <laughs> singers sing. <laughs> I now, respect that, but it's hard. You had the respect for it. I cannot tell you how many old ladies were just dancing their hearts out. Well, the dancing's fine, but I'm glad that they're not belting out singing and like making it difficult to hear. Or it's like the... doing that like typical old lady clap. Yeah. Like. I think it's cute. They're having a great time. It, it's just, it makes me uncomfortable when I'm surrounded by it. <laughs> <laughs> Those seats are really close together too. Like yes. you're just like the elbow to elbow. The further back you go, the closer you get <laughs> to your neighbor. <laughs> but yeah, it was really great. We saw a bunch of, we saw a bunch of stuff in Toronto. We went to a, a bunch of nice little like cafes and restaurants and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was a fantastic time. We had an amazing weekend. We celebrated our anniversary. We celebrated our podcast anniversary, mm -hmm. and now a uh, hundred episodes. And then huzzah! We finished the whole weekend off by watching Thor: Love and Thunder. Mm. Yes. Now I feel like we have a little bit of uh, differing views mm -hmm. on the movie. Yeah. I, for one, really loved it. Um, I will admit it is like there are things that could be improved. There are things that didn't work. There are, it's a movie. Things are not, not everything is going to stick, but I had a lot of fun watching it and I thought it was a really good story. Yeah, I think it was really fun. All of my issues with it aren't really specific to just this one movie. I think it's a shame at how all four movies have kind of failed to have a full story altogether. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess from here on out, we're probably... Like, I don't want to be, like, restrictive on whether or not we do spoilers. So, like, from here on out, there there is a high chance increasing to a definitive certainty that we will be spoiling Thor Love and Thunder. Mm -hmm. uh, or as I like to call it, the four. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> um, tell me about... I, I guess, tell me the things that didn't work for you. See, that's hard. It's hard to just say <laughs> like the, where... the things specifically that didn't work. I guess I just don't like that I'm the feeling I'm left with after watching it is that had this movie not happened, okay, it wouldn't have mattered if it happened or didn't happen. <laughs> If no other movie comes out of this, okay. There's nothing that's like, well, what's Thor going to do next? And even though in the end credit scene, you see that Zeus is setting up Hercules to go and fight Thor. If we never see that fight, I won't feel like I've missed out on something. 
And I wish that it had have been, and this is what I was saying earlier, that looking at the whole, all four movies together, there's not one specific path or journey that Thor has been on. It's just been kind of what we have been left with along the way, which is just his character development, which I don't think necessarily should have taken four movies. Well, that's a fair point. Um, And to be honest, his character development is still going. Yes. Um, And like, to be fair, I guess I didn't phrase that correctly because the characters should ever evolve because they are people and people are always changing and growing and learning but it seems like he's been on this one journey of self-discovery for four movies like he still is just figuring out who he is yeah he definitely it definitely feels like he's at the first movie discovery point four movies deep Mm -hmm. and yeah i i agree with that um like i don't disagree with you um the first movie kind of had him go from like the arrogant, like battle hungry kid mm-hmm. to becoming worthy again and being ready to join a team like the Avengers. Yeah. Um, the second movie, like what even happened in that one? A lot. There, like there A was, lot, but nothing was at like, all. Exactly. There was like dark elves with questionable purposes and there was the the reality stone mm-hmm. and so, something with Jane I don't know then the third one was a fantastic story about kind of Odin's downfalls as a father and Thor kind of realizing his true potential yeah and then Love and Thunder, which is him realizing that love is good. Yeah. Um, but you're right. There isn't really a a through line through all of those movies that gives kind of a... I'm going to kind of sidestep because it's hard to explain my point without pointing out this kind of uh, big fault of the MCU. Because it is such a huge, grandiose thing, Mm. with Thor, you don't just have his four movies. We have his four movies, plus every Avengers movie that he's been in. Yeah. Plus, like, anywhere else that he gets mentioned and stuff happens. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it is, it's gotten to the point where there are so many directors with their own ideas and views and stories and scenes that get cut that might help describe things down the road and to to wish that we could have a Thor forkwell that would give us a good Thor story through and through yeah like that it's never going to happen with any Marvel character at this point because the context of things that are happening rely so heavily on everything else. But like Taika Waititi kind of helmed the Thor movies for three and four, but he didn't helm Thor during 
the last two Avengers movies or the beginning of the Thor story. Yeah. So it's already just fundamentally broken from the beginning. So yes. You, you can't have that cohesiveness. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem I am having with it. I think that, like, I think that all Thor really has going for it is that the fans are loyal and that Chris Hemsworth is so good at it. Because yeah. I, I love Thor as a character i think that he is very lovable i think he's very powerful he's fun to watch because he can do these crazy powerful things and it's like intense and it's exciting and he's funny and just i don't know he's just charming and he's very easy to like yes and so his movies they are fun to watch and even the bad ones i still will find something that i like about it and it's because of Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, I was really. about to say, if, if the thing you find that you can enjoy is a six-foot-tall, ripped, shirtless man <laughs> with long blonde hair and, like, dazzling blue eyes, like, so be it. It's the, it's the way in which that he, that he plays the character. Yeah. And, yeah, he's just, he's lovable, and even the bad movies, I still end up enjoying something about it because of how he's playing the character but I still feel like they haven't given him anything like a long-lasting challenge that isn't just who am I I've lost everything (laughs) yes and that's why I feel like this the main downfall of this movie was how and who they used for a bad guy i think that christian bale did a good job i think that he was creepy i think he was intimidating i think that he was scary like he did a great job as gore the god butcher yeah the problem is that one all we saw were his creepy monologues we didn't really get to see him get that title of the god butcher we didn't see him butchering gods we saw him kill a god but according to that screen when thor was with the guardians Mm -hmm. he had he killed like thousands exactly like a week or two yeah something like that i don't know i would like to think that he was that he got that title over a longer span of time that it started off as maybe a slow build of him learning how to use the necrosword and becoming more and more corrupt and and becoming a better fighter and a better butcher of gods yeah right and then that it starts catching the attention of other gods they start to become fearful and like who is this god butcher we don't get to see any of that we don't really know what his timeline is yeah and i think that one, we should have seen that. There should have been more of a physical intimidation. Like, obviously, when you're up against the God of Thunder, it's hard to have anything that's really physically intimidating to him. But instill some fear in the audience by showing how powerful this person is in the way that he butchers these gods. Don't just show them yeah. already dead. And I feel like there was a lot of pressure to keep the movie shorter. Because there have been so many movies that have been so long lately that stuff like that got cut out 
for time because like yeah it's implied mm-hmm. and like for me i i completely agree that we did not see enough of him gaining the title of god butcher but i don't know if it's just because i am familiar with the comics or just like me personally am content with the context clues given that's like i don't need to see that because i like i know the character but I, I'm sure people who don't know the character would be like, like, he's creepy, but like, is he that scary, really? Yeah. But um, I feel like a lot of that stuff just kind of ended up not in the movie for time. Well, even still, I think that if they wanted to choose Gore the God Butcher. Yeah. They shouldn't have had it as a one movie villain. He should have been a longer lasting villain, especially because in the physical appearance that they chose to have with this character, because I have seen comic versions of him where he is quite impressively built. Like he is a big, intimidating, physically intimidating, as well as scary looking person. And this, they just really drew into the creepiness side of it and that kind of intimidation rather than physical intimidation. And yeah. with that, I think that it's so much more important to have it drawn out over time so that you have the time needed to show how big of a threat this actually is. Yeah. And to have us be afraid. At no point in this movie was I scared at how Thor was going to overcome it. Yeah, how Thor was going to overcome it? No. Um, I definitely thought we were going to have more casualties along the way. Um, When Korg got kind of like fake killed, Mm -hmm. I thought that was the end for Korg. And I kind of feel conflicted because I really love the Korg character. Yeah. I love Taika Waititi, like, just, like, the personification of Taika Waititi that is in this movie. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I feel like he kind of served his purpose and doesn't really need to be a part of Thor's core team anymore. Especially when there are, like, there was two Thors and Valkyrie and then Korg. He's kind of in a league above his head. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think he definitely could have just played more of a like back in New Asgard role. Yeah, he could have been with Neep. Yeah. Um, I I kind of thought Valkyrie was going to, you know, die in battle and go to Valhalla like she wanted mm-hmm. instead of just being like, I got stabbed. I think I'm done for now. You know, I changed my mind. I like living. Right. Like that. There was a lot of things. And here's, I mean, it's basically me agreeing that this should have been a two-parter. Yeah. Um, Valkyrie, instead of having that quick heel turn to be like, you know what? I don't really want to fight. Maybe could have had a more developed a reason. Like there was a press tour where Tessa Thompson said, King Valkyrie needs to find her queen. Yeah. It's like, what better reason to give up that like that lonely I just want to go fight and die in battle so I can go to Valhalla than to, you know, 
find love and something worth fighting and living for. Well, I feel like there's already too much of that in this movie. Like but, you've with the main Thor love discovery and tying up those ends between him and Jane, if you would have added another love story into it, it would have been too much. I just think like with it being the theme that it it would have fit in this and have the second movie be you know not all lovey um i just think that like even if that's not what it was a better reason than just you know what i'm out yeah um i feel like gore was extremely underutilized like you said didn't really do any butchering didn't really feel that oomph of why this is a like a big bad instead of just a bad guy with good reasons mm-hmm. um because i like i feel like he got killmongered we have this villain that comes in who like you know yeah you've got a point look at all the gods they met starting with gore's god mm-hmm. he was a prick then we go to omnipotent city yeah where there's zeus and he's like he was literally saying we are going to have a contest to see who can have the most of their followers sacrifice themselves. Yeah. Like those gods are shitty. Mm-hmm. Like you can't look at Gore's reasoning, even though this really is the Necrosword's reasoning yeah. and goals. But like, I get it. I get the reasoning. I get the rationale because all the gods we saw sucked. Yeah. Um, so to have him with that gore, with that very precise, honestly not wrong, but bad goal, just kind of do another like one scene heel turn at the end. It felt like it was cheating him and then he died off. Yeah. So Killmonger has this great point like you know like all of our people are being mistreated and killed and all this Killmonger was right but then he fights and dies done allegedly going to come back in multiverse ways but dead like dead in his first appearance then we have Gore coming in with all this and then dead it just why why are we always so quick to kill off the good villains? I don't know. I just I also don't think it was characteristic of him to die in that way. Yeah. Like again, we weren't given a timeline, but I like to think that it wasn't just a week or two or even a month of him killing gods and then getting killed himself. Yeah. I like to think that time is a strange thing when you're in other worlds and other dimensions and all of this stuff that you get into when you're in Thor's movies like traveling all through the galaxy I like to think that time doesn't work the same 24 hours like it does on earth and so I like to think that these things took a long time and it wasn't just a week or a year like you look at Thor and how he's living for thousands of years right and like for him these last few years would feel like we would feel it was a couple months 
when you True. live for as long as he's lived True. a couple years is really not that long so i like to think that in this case this has not happened within the span of a week or a month or however i'd like to think that it has been years in the making of becoming gore the god butcher and in that time he is being corrupted daily more and more twisted losing more and more of himself whoever the man was at the beginning as he's cradling his dying daughter and hugging her grave that man is just getting more and more lost whatever yeah. ration he had whatever empathy or compassion any of that would be more and more gone yeah and then at the end for him to hear thor just say you can bring her back well, I can't because she'll be lonely. She'll have no one. And Jane say, she won't be alone. And then he's like, oh, yeah, okay. And then just completely, <laughs> he's now trusting a god, the person, the thing that yeah. he has spent however long despising, yeah. hating, wanting revenge on is just like, all right, I guess I believe you. Yeah, if they had have had more scenes of them talking like there was that deleted thing from the trailer where it's just like you're not like the other ones you you're fighting for something yeah if gore peeked out through the corruption and was like seeing something different in thor mm -hmm. like sporadically and then had that moment where it was a bigger moment of him fighting the corruption. Yeah. Like that would have been a lot more satisfying. Um, now, when we were talking about this honor, like after watching the movie, I had an idea that quite frankly, I love for how to split this into two movies. So there's a scene in Omnipotent City where Zeus throws a lightning bolt at Thor uh, he catches it and throws it back and impales him. Yeah, and we think he's dead until the post or the mid credits scene, mm -hmm. where he gets up and he's having this thing about how gods used to be a big deal, but now there's superheroes. They don't pray to us anymore. Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna make a, an example out of Thor. Hercules, get him. Right. And Hercules comes in and is like, "I'm gonna fuck shit up." Um, well, in the comics, Hercules. Like, is an Avenger. Like, he is a good guy. He mm -hmm. is a hero with the good guys. Um, we could have had that be a midway point. That could have been, like, an ending scene on Love and Thunder Part 1. Yeah. Where Gore is trying to... He uses the kids and lures Thor and Mighty Thor and Valkyrie to the shadow realm and they're fighting um and you know maybe instead of gore going to ask eternity for like they have that same fight yeah and gore the the necrosword is removed from his possession it's totally not destroyed um but the the gate is still open into eternity right to the center of the universe but instead of them just letting Gore crawl through, because he's just a weak little shrimp of a man, yeah, Thor confidently walks through and says, save Jane. Yeah. Then, boom. Wish granted. Jane is saved. We don't have love yet. 
which is apparently the actual name of the character, um, the little girl. Yeah. Um, which, side note, that's uh, Chris Hemsworth's daughter. Well, I wondered if it was. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's that's neat. Two of his kids are in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we don't have her yet, um, but that's the end. And then there's the post-credit scene of uh, Zeus saying, go get Thor and make an example. Well, going to the second movie, we have Thor, Mighty Thor, and Valkyrie. They're all kind of working together. They're like, we've done this thing. We defeated Gore, and we... But they also have their kind of like, but we did one better because we saved, we didn't have to kill him. But Gore is, I mean, he's still angry. He still it f- feels that corruption and wants to kill the gods. Mm-hmm. But for now, Hercules comes in and is laying a smack down on the Thors and Valkyrie. And he is, he's running amok. He's making an example of these superheroes um then maybe end of act one gore comes back the necro sword was like dampened but not destroyed it is back it found gore again and it's just like time to finish what you started yeah gore comes back more powerful angrier Maybe now he has the tentacle head. Maybe now he is more physically imposing as well because the Necrosword is just like, we need to step it up. Right. So you could also have that where he has a physical difference as well, has a little bit better uh, comic book accurate appearance because um, Christian Bale with the, the paint and stuff was good, but that we could have, you know, best of both worlds. Thor, Hercules, Mighty Thor, and Valkyrie are now all fighting Gore the God Butcher because you know what? Hercules and Thor are fighting, but, you know, we got bigger fish to fry. Mm -hmm. So they're all fighting. They're all doing it. And then we could have Gore, um, who has been so corrupted. Um, Maybe he could have the, the wife that we've never seen so far come in. And that, for a brief second, snaps him out of the corruption, and he becomes the the like the faithful gore that we saw at the beginning. And where's his wife coming from? In the comics, there he has a wife and daughter. Okay, but like, what in it's in his mind or I like? I don't know. I I I'm spitballing. I'm not doing like a here's all the fine details. Um. So we have something that brings him out of that corruption and Thor can have a conversation with him and says like hey I know what it's like I I felt great loss I like I know so much loss I get it um but something rather we can find another way to get your daughter back and then Gore's like oh but it'll kill me it's just like don't worry I got you man like I say I spared you once I like trust me so what in this in your version gore just gets turned to good guy no he goes a long time being very bad yeah and but by the end by the end but we have an actual moment something that is personal to gore 
I still think he needs to die a villain somehow. I think it's the same sort of thing that you get all the time in so many good villains where they have that moment of their old self and you're hopeful that they're coming back to what they once were and there's hope and then it's just snatched away. And I think that makes a good story. Agreed. Like you've got, like you look at Gollum and Smeagol. <laughs> I think of Ben Solo. Yeah. Like there's so many examples, like even Darth Vader, I'm pretty sure has had that moment where like he's kind of rational again just to get pulled back to, no, I'm just yeah. Yeah. messed up. And so many classic villains have that kind of a story arc where it's like, what makes them a good villain is that we can relate to them. And like you said, he has good points. These gods are not good people. Why are they being worshipped? Why are people dying in their name? They are horrible. They don't care. That's true. But Gore is kind of taking that to the extreme. Instead of like raising awareness or doing something for good or like trying to find a god that actually is decent like <laughs> Thor. He's too corrupted. He's too damaged and emotionally scarred from what he's been through to see that there could still be a positive yeah and that is relatable how many people are like that who are so scarred by whatever has happened to them that they are unwilling to see that that's not the case all the time that this yeah. was your experience this time but that doesn't have to be the outcome all the time and yeah. i think that but it still needs to happen where ultimately he's been corrupted for too long and he is going to end up killing himself. Just beyond saving. Yeah. Because, and it's not even like, oh, well, he, like, Thor wants to kill him. It's that the villain pushes you that far. They're, like, yeah. pushing you to like there is no other end it's the same thing as like batman and joker because batman refuses to kill him joker keeps coming back and it's just like no this is only ending with one of us dying yeah that is the villain that is so compelling and we didn't get that in this version of gore yeah yeah and i feel like that's probably the biggest downfall for the movie is just kind of an unsatisfying villain. That's what it's been for so for like so many of the Thor movies to be honest. Yeah. Is that they set up a villain like honestly Kate Blanchett was not a bad villain. She actually did something and it ended on not a happy note. Same as Thanos. They were like those movies left you feeling like not all sunshine and rainbows like it's just like shit look at thor he's a mess of a man he just watched his planet die he has nothing yeah like he's supposed to be the leader of these people and they have no home and that makes you hurt for them makes you feel something other than just like well we know he's gonna win you know, like you expect yeah. it. Like that's what I was saying earlier. There's no time in the movie that I didn't feel that Thor was going to beat him. 
Yeah. I never felt any doubt in my mind that he was going to be able to do it. He's just, he's almost like Superman in the sense that he's like almost too powerful for his villains and the villains that they have made for him. Like they haven't done anything to be like, let's see how we can make this actually challenging. Yeah. The only thing that was actually successful in making you feel something and like panic and emotion was his storyline with Jane and him being vulnerable with his emotions and begging her not to pick up Mjolnir again. Yeah. When he, when she said why, and he was like, cause I love you. Cause I've always loved you. Mm -hmm. And she like, she gasps in the theaters. I also like, I felt my heart skip a beat and I was just like, (gasps) and like I paused and I was just so like, like I was teary eyed. I felt so many things and I was just like, this is why I love Thor movies because he has such a, such a control of emotion, Mm -hmm. whether he is being goofy and jovial doing the like Van Damme splits between two owl motorcycle bikes. Yeah. Uh, or if he's expressing his deep hurt and a fear of loss and love and just coming clean with all that, like Chris Hemsworth is very good. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish that we could have seen that flashback relationship between him and Jane actually throughout the movies. Oh, yeah. Like, yes. I wish that there wasn't whatever the reason was that Natalie Portman didn't want to be involved and that she only came back because Taika Waititi asked her to. Like, I wish that there wasn't all of that, like, outside drama that she would have been in it throughout the whole thing. Because I feel like this movie and the first movie almost feel like they belong back to back. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, because like I know that there's the reference of like, oh, it's been like what, like four years. And he says like it's been eight years, this many months, whatever. And like I get that we kind of need the distance in between. But it really did feel like watching this, like the other movies didn't really exist and that it was completely different story. And that if any of the movies were going to flow nicely together, it was one and four Mm -hmm. because of that emotional aspect of it that they did really well yeah because in in thor 2 i think that was when she was having her drama and she just wanted out yeah and then we didn't have her for ragnarok right yeah i don't really know all of that stuff i just kind of that's how i was feeling yeah through it and honestly like looking at the whole mcu this may be a really hot topic (laughs) but i was thinking about it today and i was thinking that i feel like the whole idea of the avengers in the cinematic universe should have ended with captain america i think that that is what really kind of exploded was the avengers it kind of started momentum with him and iron man iron man they're both gone yeah and I feel like cinematically they're just trying to redo what they've already done and it worked so well the first time but that's because of who the characters were who the actors were their relationships together and it's not working with the new characters and like to just bring in young Avengers and I get comic book all that stuff I get that that's accurate 
But at this point, it just feels like it's the same thing. They're trying to do the same thing with different faces. And it's not it's not connecting with me the same way. Well, I'll admit I was a little bit disappointed at the end where it was just like, here is another kid for the Young Avengers. Yeah. Because it feels like every movie or property or TV show that comes out is simply to introduce another kid or another replacement character. Yeah. Like Black Widow movie came out way out of time. Right. Just to introduce Yelena. Yeah. Then we've had Kid Loki show up. We have New Hawkeye. We have... Um, America Chavez. America Chavez. There is... Ms. Marvel. There are so many young We're going to be getting She-Hulk soon. Yeah, and it's all... Like how you said, it was such a success the first time. Because it hadn't been done before. Mm-hmm. They're... Like, they had Iron Man. Iron Man 2. Then there was Captain America, Thor... And I guess the Hulk movie. And it was just like, yeah, we have all of these characters. Look at these characters in their movies. Yeah. And when they first assembled in Avengers. And then, boom, that was crazy. Yeah. That was such a impactful moment. And that was something that I think united a lot of fans. And now it's just seeming like they're just searching for that high again. Yeah. And I feel kind of like we're all just junkies just searching for that (laughs) high. There's like probably three cinematic highs throughout the first Avengers, I'm going to call them. Because like like the the original. yeah. Yeah. And they're all central really to Captain America and Iron Man as like the leaders of that team. And now it's like they're just like, well, now we don't have those characters anymore. Who's going to replace them? How are they going to impact the audience? Let's see how we can continue to chase this high. And I'm just, I'm getting tired of it. And I was thinking about it today. And I, the one MCU thing that has happened and that I'm actually kind of interested in knowing more about is the whole Moon Knight stuff. (laughs) And even though the movie sucked, what they were going to introduce with the Eternals and Kit Harington and that kind of stuff, like the vampires and like, let's go and do something different. Yeah. Like to get into that kind of dark world mythology and vampires, werewolves, all of that crap. Like that's (laughs) new. That's new and it's exciting and, and they're new characters and they have nothing to do with what we've already had you can't you already have captain america and iron man on pedestals they've already hit the max and the bar is so high that it's unfair to expect these kids to kind of live up to this legacy yeah not saying that they shouldn't exist like that they have their own purpose but i feel like there's a lot of pressure on them not only from the creators themselves but as as a viewer i have an unrealistic expectation i recognize that but that's why i think that they need to almost stop pushing it so much what so you said that you liked moon knight because it was getting into that kind of darker like 
different mythology and stuff. Mm -hmm. I liked the Moon Knight series because it was just its own thing. Yeah. The Moon Knight show didn't really... Like, I don't know if I'm not remembering something, but I don't think it had any tie-in to the greater Marvel Universe. I don't think so either. Like, there might have been, like, a photo reference of there's, like, a, a thing that says, yes, this is in the same world. Right. But it was just its own thing. The Eternals, they kind of mentioned Thanos and stuff, but they were just their own thing. Shitty, but yeah. I don't even, like, I don't even care about the Eternals. I'm more focused on what they were setting up like with the with vampires. Blade yes. And and Kit Harrington's Black Knight. Because yeah. it's new and it's different. And I think that Moon Knight could tie into that. Yeah, I think that they they really need to go big with the the Midnight Suns and like vampires and just like monsters. Um then it wouldn't hurt to like we've seen like a big space guy come and punch things. Like Thanos is just another big alien, a bigger alien. Look at all these bigger aliens. But like how there was there was eternity. Mm -hmm. This cosmic being that is the physical representation of the universe. Yeah. Like give us a bunch of just wacky cosmic shit. Go even further. Don't just be like, look at this thing that like you see it, but it doesn't mean anything. Make it mean something. Give mm -hmm. us eternity and uh eternity sister infinity and entropy and lady death and all these cosmic beings mm -hmm. then give us this like nova space guy who maybe has to deal with like captain universe who is doing all this cosmic stuff that is dealing with all these like elder gods and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just go ham on the crazy space shit and like have all these separate things. Cause how you like, I've, I feel the same way. I'm sick of how like every time a new movie comes out, it's like, well, we've got to watch Spider-Man or we will miss context stuff for Dr. Strange and we've got to watch this or we'll miss context for Wanda. Like all of the tie-in crap I think needs to stop for a bit. I understand that at this point they're building up a new phase of big intermingled things. Mm -hmm. But give us our own, give us a better reason to like people than just because you need to for the bigger picture. Yeah, well, and that's the thing that I'm talking about is like that bigger intermingled thing because it just seems too much like what we've already had. And they're yeah. like forcing a team that doesn't seem natural. It doesn't seem like it's come together effortlessly. Like with our first original Avenger heroes, it felt like they were given their own independent movies that just they just kind of had chemistry and it just worked and it fell together and just they all did so well together. It yeah. just felt so 
effortless and natural. This feels very forced, like they're trying to achieve the same thing that they've already achieved, and it's not coming across the same way. And it could be the expectation, like I was saying, but I think that they are pushing that on us. And that's why I think they need to go in a completely different direction. They've given us some old characters that I think they could still utilize, like Daredevil. Yeah. He's shown up in the MCU. I want to see more of it. Even like Jessica Jones and all of that stuff. All of those people. Again, they've they've been used already in show form. Why not see what else they can do? Bring them up again. Yeah. And like I'm going to say it just one last time. Not everything needs to be for the the one big picture. If we just just have a new Defenders story mm-hmm. or like some members of the Midnight Suns coming together and maybe butting heads. But then like in the original Avengers, they kind of fought in that forest. And then later down the road, they were just like, you know what? We know how to synergize. Yeah. This is, this is a good thing. Like have those where it's like just a story about them and the relationships. Yeah. There's a lot there's a lot of stuff that we could like say, I wish it was like this and I wish it was like this. But like at this point, like is the is the MCU a lost cause? I I'm wondering because one, it's too big it's gotten too big because now it doesn't matter what shit they throw at us, we're gonna watch it and they're gonna make movie or money and then they're just gonna keep making more shit movies. Yeah, it doesn't matter how bad the CG is at the start of the movie or some scenes throughout the movie. Yeah, like it it really doesn't matter the quality because we're already hooked and I don't even know what to say except for that we're Marvel junkies like I've already said yeah and that it's just like we we're, we feel compelled to watch it because well what if this is that movie that gives us that same Russian <laughs> high as like Spider-Man did yeah what if it does have some sort of nostalgic throwback to how we felt when Captain America said Avengers assemble um, spoiler alert, it will never get as good as it got. Um, yeah, so at this point, I just want to say super big thanks to all the people who listen and download uh, 100 episodes uh, and still going strong. Um, we've had a ton of fun doing this. We're going to keep having a ton of fun doing this. Um, so the big question, is the MCU a lost cause will it will it save itself (laughs) let us know uh discord instagram you know where to find the link thanks again so much for joining us this week at the bees knees podcast please if you haven't already download this episode recommend us to a friend and we will talk to you next week (music) 